radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. By Smith Pelly, and he's able to lob one back down in a race on for it. No icing here. Coburn played it along. Beagle got it there. Stevenson out in front. June 20th, 2021. Hey, happy Father's Day. Yeah. We're, uh, we're celebrating every week here at the Laced Up Podcast. Birthdays, Father's Days. Next week we're going to do um, something. Well, I'm also doing birthdays. Uh, it's my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. There you go. I just did the math on her age, mm. and I'm surprised. I, I didn't, haven't done the math in a few years, so crazy. Oh, I'm not going to say over it. Over or under what you thought? Oh, it's over. For wow. sure, yeah. Yeah. Hope she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, well, like, I always have the joke with my mom how uh, I've, I've thought my grandmother is turning 72 for the last, like, I think over 10 years now. Mm. Like, I think she's over it. She might even be over that now. It's crazy. Yeah. Older people don't age to me. No? You know? You like hit the 70 older... and that's it, eh? You just, one day you yeah, wake like, up and they're 90. Like, how old's your dad? My dad? Yeah. Oh, fuck. If you uh, want to say. I can bleep it out, but. He's, uh, he's 55, I guess. 55, yeah. 55 and a half. Right, because he's, he's, yeah, he's younger than your mother. Mm-hmm. Okay, I always forget about that, because I was going to say that is younger than I thought your dad was, but. Nice. Yeah. I saw your dad. Nice. A few weeks ago. Wow. Superstore. Uh, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah, we were yeah. on your old stomping grounds. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell's he doing all the way over there? Well, he does work in the area. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm I'm in there like four times a week now. I, I love it there. Wow. That's my little getaway during work is I go to the superstore and buy like a little salad for lunch. I have probably been back in that store since I quit a half dozen times tops. <laughs> yeah. And like four of them was like going to get stuff for the restaurant. On, yeah. On the fly. I didn't go into Metro for about a year and a half mm. after I quit. Like not once. Yeah. Yeah. I go there now though. Old jobs, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Reminisce. Speaking of which, Puck 77. Uh, you remember that? Uh, I, I'm James Cole. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm uh, Buttons Bedazzlia still. Still. <laughs> no. No, I'm actually, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm Bruticio uh, Bataglia right now because it's the World Cup. So uh, I'm on the, I, I was going to say, have you, have you watched much of the Euros? I have not watched a minute oh, of it, but okay. Italy won the other day, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to get into it. And then I proceeded not to get into it yet. But, like, I don't mind the world the Euro Cup. I like the World Cup. I also like the Euro Cup. I, every time, say I'm not going to watch it, and then I end up watching it. So It's been, like, I haven't been able to sit down and watch a whole game all at once, but um, the the chunks that I've seen, it's always it's always entertaining. What is it with this sport where... Yeah, you know what, I always deny it's 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 interesting, but like it is one of those sports when it's best on best I can get into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that that is one sport where like I could not be bothered to watch like a club match of a league or something. Like you, I couldn't do it. You're not tuning in for Tottenham versus uh, 
Manchester like, Review? Pe- people think it's a joke when I say it. I genuinely would rather watch darts every day than a soccer game a week. Okay. Darts are infinitely more interesting to me, and it's literally just guys throwing a dart at a board and then drinking going and beers. drinking a fucking yeah. pitcher of beer. Yeah. Look, there there is a skill to being that still able to hit the yeah. dartboard. Yeah. yeah, like it's fucking unbelievable. Guys yeah. are hitting 180 and they're just hammered. It's great. Barney Van Gerwen, I think, is still number one in the world. That's that's definitely a dart name. I'll look it up. So yeah. I'm gonna you you talk. I'll look up the dart rankings. Uh, dart rankings coming right at you uh, this week on the latest. Sponsored pod. by. Um, the, what's a what's a European beer that would sponsor something like that? Uh, Amstel Light. Is that European? That yeah, might even be domestic. Stella Artois. <laughs> Stella, yeah, see, it seems too classy. Too classy. What's what's their like the, Budweiser the drinking over there? man's beer? Yeah, over there. exactly. Do they have even cheap beers over they there? Do. I, think, I think it's just all good beer. Over they there. do. Where's Modelo from? Modelo. That I think that's Italian. But isn't that isn't that good beer? I don't know. Amstel It's Light. one of those things where we probably only know the good beer because it's the only beer that makes it across the pond. Top right? most popular European beers. See, now I'm doing a double Google search here. Most popular. But I feel like Guinness is just going to come up because it sells a lot. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've ever watched darts, there's no way those guys are hammering pints of Guinness. I'll <laughs> tell you that for free. But, all right. Most, to- the top 10 European beers... Uh, Guinness is number one. So what's the battle for number two? Rugenbrau. Mm. It's from Switzerland. Mm. Sounds maybe too good. Pilsner or Quell. I've never heard of that. Got me from the Czech. Polliner. Oh. Yeah, I've heard of Polliner. Okay. Uh, Berliner Kindle. Mm. wonder where that's from. Mm. Newcastle Brown Isn't Ale. Kind of- oh, there it is. Heineken. Isn't Kinder like children? So Berlin can... Uh, no, Ber- Berlin, Berliner Kindle, like Jakob Kindle that used to play in the uh, for the okay. Detroit freaking Red, Red Wings. No, but Heineken, I think, would be the answer, right? Like, Heineken's kind of your just quintessential, comes from Europe. I'm sure everyone drinks it. I, I actually, I like Hanne- Heineken. I could pound Heineken's. Heineken's weird. I like Heineken. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is weird. Like, I don't, I don't love it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I don't love it. That was a big thing when I was, like, uh grade 12 and then like the year after when you, you still could because i'm a late birthday right so i still couldn't go to the the bars uh for a year after but mm-hmm. all all like my group of friends the big thing was they'd go out and get a couple of those little heineken mini cakes and we just yeah. smash that all night though no those those are good um yeah hmm yeah no i like the heineken mini cakes i, I, I think they're good Okay. Well, there you go. It, the, dep- uh, it depends who you're with, I guess, and how quick you're drinking them. Yeah. You know, um, I do have to clarify as well. Uh, I don't. I don't. Right. Okay. So so here's here's what happened. Uh, it looks like I've mixed up two dart players into one name. <laughs> um, there is Michael Van Gerwen, who is third in the world. There's also uh, Barney. Uh, is Raymond Van Barneveld, but they call him Barney, and he at one point was number one in the world and doesn't seem to be ranked, but he's also older, so he's maybe retired now. Number one in the world for anyone wondering, Gerwin Price. Uh, his nickname, the Iceman. Wow. They have good nicknames in that sport too. I'll tell you that. Like, I, if you've never heard of Snake Bite, Google Snake Bite because he looks exactly how you I've think seen that he. Dude. Yeah, he looks like Chris Anderson that used to play in the in the NBA, except even free gear. It's great. 
I am name dropping just obscure athletes tonight. Yeah. I I will never stop admiring your dedication to trying to get other people interested in sports. <laughs> Any, yeah, it's yeah. like if any sport that people don't watch, just trying to get people into it. Hey, hey, you know what? It worked with March Madness. Half my fucking friends watch that shit now. Hey, look, you're not wrong. Soon we're going to be watching darts, my guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, quick note, because it's it's been trickling in and uh, we thought we would kind of get it out of the way off the top here so that no one's waiting around saying, hey, it's, uh, it's an hour and 55 in and they're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're not going to talk about the awards that have been won thus far. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. That's going to sure. be a whole other... <laughs> oh, yeah. Once we know everything... Oh, boy. we got to have all our information in front of us before we make any uh, declarations. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's going to come. We we have... Obviously, we've seen what's happened. Uh, we have some thoughts, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, instead, uh, we've got... Uh, We've got a, we've got a lot of other interesting things to get to. Kind of surprising. This episode snuck up on us. A lot of small things, but they add up. Yeah. So you sent me the breakdown for this week, and I'm like, oh, this sounds boring. And then like we did the tally before we started recording. We're like, oh, we missed like half the week. Yeah. You know. Um, off the hop, who doesn't love a good rumor? Uh, uh, they they use, hockey for sure. Yeah. They, they usually not a big gossip anywhere. guy myself, but I like I like you know. They usually don't go anywhere, but they're always fun to talk about, especially yeah. uh, especially when you've had a few brewskis, which we have not. Um, no. That's the unfortunate thing, too, I guess, I also for housekeeping, is uh, for those wondering, uh, since Ontario is somewhat reopened, it has complicated our recording schedule, and therefore, uh, it, it sounds like we're going to be doing uh, Sundays for at least the next couple weeks, but but I don't really know. Uh, so what I'm getting at here is that we're going to be recording at like 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and I I have no interest in starting drinking this early this week. I'll probably drink tonight, Okay. but I don't need to start at 11. So yeah, we're, we're going to be sans beers for a few weeks here, unfortunately. Well, recording, of course. Well, I don't want anyone to be concerned about our, our weekly intake. Actually, I guess I haven't mentioned that I am trying to avoid beer for the next few months. I'm going to strictly drink non-beer. I'm going to drink, you know, like your seltzers, your like some wines, you know. I might start getting into white, white wine. I know your girlfriend's been trying to get me into that for like a year. I might just start doing it independently here. All right, top ten European white wines. Oh, uh, God. See, that's the problem is like even though I work at a bar, I don't know any. I don't know my preference. I don't know what I would want. Yeah, I don't I People ask me about white wine and say, I don't know. Here, have this one. Do you no, like it? No? no okay, I'll get you something yeah, else. This is supposed to be nice and light. And what the hell does that mean? Hmm. Like, well. I don't know. Um, the bottle's not very heavy. Uh, <laughs> it's a smaller bottle. Yeah. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov might be jumping ship. Uh, he is over in Russia Yeesh. currently. Does not have a contract with the Minnesota Wild for next season. Apparently the talks uh, on a new contract are not going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from Russia. He has uh, people that so he loves good. in Russia. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there, there's some speculation here that the uh, 32-year-old vet of the KHL might return home and uh, see if he can make a little more noise uh, in the Gagarin Cup chase, perhaps. Stop aging him, James. He's only 30. Um, yeah, uh, well, Kevin Weeks reported it, which I'm sure you're all thinking, Kevin, Re- Kevin Weeks reported something? Well, yeah, the former Carolina Hurricanes goaltender, Kevin Weeks, who's not really an insider, but... Knows enough that, like, yeah, like I'm not like gonna say he's wrong for sure. Uh, as of right now, uh, talks with uh, the likely rookie of the year, Kaprizov, Minnesota Wild, have gone cold. 
He's in Moscow, and it's believed that his old club is interested in signing him, and uh, he's going to stay for the Olympics. So, I'm not reading too much into this, but there was always the old discussion about how, well, you know, Ovechkin would rather win a gold medal than a Stanley Cup. Like, that was the old conversation, right? And, like, I don't think that was ever necessarily true, uh, because he never left the NHL to only yeah, play never in did Russia. Thing, right? Yeah, like, he could have done that a few years ago, and he never did that. Also, like, if if that's the case for Kaprizov, like, he, he is already an Olympic gold medalist. Like, he has won. So unless, like, he's trying to chase that feeling again, and he would rather do that than win a Stanley Cup right now, because he is young, you know, like, who knows if he's really going to get a better opportunity to do so. Um, but the other issue with that is, as of right now, the NHL is planning to go, the, to, go to the Olympics. So he would equally be as served his opportunity to stay in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not confirmed yet. That the NHL's going? Right. Well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. But as of right now, like, that's how it looks. I don't know if he's maybe trying to get ahead of it, if he knows something that we don't. I, basically what I'm saying is, like, Kevin Weeks didn't really say anything in his tweet that, you know, he's, like, saying that Kaprizov's leaving. He just kind of stated, like, the facts, more or less. And then Michael Russo's like, well, yeah, he's over there for his buddy's wedding, and his whole family's over there. Like, he was always going back to Russia during the summer this year anyway. So, like, do you read into, uh, do you read into this very much? Like, I don't. I, I definitely am interested in the fact that the contract talks have gone cold. Um... Because I don't really know what kind of contract you give Kirill Kaprizov. Like that is a that is a very difficult player to sign. Because like, what what's the precedent on him? Artemi Panarin? Because he ain't he ain't taking the Artemi Panarin deal. If if your memory serves you well, Artemi Panarin took a two year deal at six million a year to stay in Chicago initially, and. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't take that if I'm Kaprizov. Like, I certainly would hold out if I were him. So, mm-hmm. if that's where we're at, then I don't fucking blame him. But, you know, does the kid want $80 million over eight years? Do you give him that? I don't know. Like, I don't I don't think you do, really. Maybe you do. It's uh, He's a tough one to gauge, right? Like, he... He's not a, he's not a 19, 20-year-old kid that had a good rookie season that, well, we're gonna wait and see. Like, he's proven himself time and time again. Um, oddly enough, he has the Olympic gold medal. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea that he might be going back to the KHL to, to strictly chase that prize is not really something that I, I think is at the forefront of his, his objective list. But yeah, what, what do you do with this guy? Like nearly a point per game guy in, uh, in, in the season this year for the wild, uh, by all accounts, their best player. It's really hard to walk into that room as, you know, Bill Guerin and say that he doesn't deserve a big number because who else do you have to point to on your own roster and, and say like, yeah, Oh, this guy should make more than you. Why? Because Zach Parise has been in the league for 15 years. He should make more than me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. I'm better than him. Mm -hmm. So if I had to pick a number, I, I think, I think they try to get a bridge deal done. Obviously that's probably not what, Kaprizov wants, but if the Wild are going to play hardball and uh, and not give him the long, you know, the, the the term and the and the dollar value, then I think you go bridge, and it probably works out somewhere in the 
four to five million dollar range for a year or two. Yeah. I would I would think. Yeah. Um, no capologist, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The like, Wild have lots of cap space, so it's hard. Like he, he's a hard guy to judge too. Like like even just with him, like I don't, I don't really have a read on the guy. Like I don't really know him at this point. I can't, I can't really tell what it is he wants and and. Yeah, like, like it's just my initial thought is, yeah, like, I hear that bridge number, and to me, like, I, I would laugh at that if I'm Kirill Kaprizov, you know what I mean? But also, you know, would you rather go back to the KHL? Because that, that might be your options. Like, are the Wild going to just trade this fucking kid that they have rights on just because he's mad about the one contract they're going to give him after 55 fucking games in the NHL? Like, I don't know if he's going to, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know how much leverage he has, really. But also, I don't think the Wild have a hell of a lot either because uh, he is the best player they've ever had. <laughs> like, and you're not wrong. That's that's fucked to say, but he honestly might be the most talented hockey player they've ever had at forward. And an interesting wrinkle with, with the way his contract works is he, he doesn't qualify for an offer sheet. So even if another team decided, yeah. you know, like there's no risk to losing him except for the right. KHL. Yeah. And if the Wild are happy to say, you know what? Sorry, we'd rather spend our seven, eight, nine million dollars somewhere else. You know, we want to go after this big free agent fish. Um, Speaking of free agent fish, uh, Airedale <laughs> Flying, Fishing, and Hunting are sponsors wow. this week. Yeah. Um, that would have been a perfect transition, yeah, too. Damn, yeah. set it up and I knock him down, eh? Um, but yeah, if, if you know, if, if if he wants to go back to the KHL and 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 get paid there. And while they're happy and content, at least they can go to bed at night saying that, you know, no one else, the Chicago Blackhawks aren't going right. to be able to scoop in and, and pick up our, our best player. So, I don't know. I don't really know how much leverage Kaprizov's going to have in the room. Do I think he should get paid? Yes. That's not really always how it works it's, out. So It's a rare situation where, like, I think the player kind of kind of has most of the leverage, but, like... Like, neither side really has a leg to stand on, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's kind of the interesting thing here, is you don't really see that very often. And I don't really know where that's going to go. I mean, if I had to guess, they're, they're, like, I don't think anything crazy is going to happen here, really, to be honest with you. I think he's going to end up in a Minnesota Wild jersey next year. I think it's probably not going to be under a contract that he wants. Um, and you're right, it's probably going to be something short-term. But, like, if, if it is an eight-year deal, and it's anything below, like, Eight and a half million dollars. I think it's a win for the Wild. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, I, it's hard to say that. I would never say that about a guy I've seen for fifty-five games. But yeah. the difference here is that he's twenty-four years old. I'd uh, go if I would pull Garrett. I'd go five years, seven point seven five. It's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, he is gone after those five years. You're the highest oh, paid boy. player on the team. And, yep. Yeah. And he should be. Yeah. Too right. Like, you know, the who's their highest paid player right now? Spurgeon? Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And we're still paying Ryan Suter and Zach Parise those matching deals. Oh boy. Well, wow. Suter's still good. Well, he's still usable. I Suter. Don't know Suter no, I think I think he's still good. Okay. Honestly, I think he's still their best defenseman. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Minnesota Wild defenseman uh, all time. Uh, the next week's bonus episode. Like while they were with the team, yeah, it's Suter for sure. Yeah, probably isn't it? Yeah, I don't think I think I think the top four are currently their top four defensemen. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, Burns wasn't all that great when he was there, so... Willie, Willie Mitchell. Big, uh, Willie Mitchell was Nick good. Schultz. Yeah. Merrick Zidlitsky. They had a Sekera, but it wasn't the Andre Sekera. Uh, it was Lubomir. It was Lubomir, yeah. yeah. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. as good. That's the no-name brand version of the Sekera. Actually, I think it was Sekeras, even. I don't even think it was Sekera. Yeah, yeah. Lubomir Sekeras. Sekeras. Well... Whatever Kaprizov gets, uh, it'll be worth keeping an eye on because uh, he's due to make some big money. Speaking of not making big money, Ooh. Jason Spezza. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Taking, oh, wow. Happy things. Yeah. We can talk about happy things. Taking a third straight league minimum one-year deal yeah. to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he technically gets a raise. Yeah. Well, that's that's <laughs> good for him. Minimum is going he, up. he earned it. <laughs> yeah. 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 He. Yeah. I mean, like. All things like cap aside, what what is Spezza worth at this point? Like three, at least like three million. I was gonna say at least a couple million, right? Yeah. Like okay, the guy had thirty points in fifty four games last year. Makes like ten minutes a 10 night. Ten minutes a night, fucking crazy, man. Like I think, I think I saw something too that he was like the second or third most productive player per minute on the ice, kind of thing, and like number one was McDavid. You know, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like, yeah. yeah, like he plays 26 minutes a night, but he has 30,000 points this year, right? He, so. he averaged 11 minutes and 2 seconds of ice time a night That's this, that's this season. more than I we, remember seeing him. Which is up sure. 12 seconds from last year. Ooh, yeah. baby. So he's, well, he's getting that ice time. Because he was weighed down from the 22 Babcock games from right. last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's playing like exactly 3 minutes right. a night. and Yeah. Like, he's been a stud in the face-off dot for the team. Um... He's shot 12% the last two years, like 12.3 exactly, which is up double than what he was shooting in his last couple years in Dallas. Yeah. he's He's been a very effective bottom six guy for this team, and... Seems to be getting better. <laughs> That's the weird thing. Like, he, he right? hit a lull in Dallas when he came over. He still didn't look great, I thought, last year. Like, I was not a fan of him. Uh, I was skeptical about re-signing him because even though I liked him at the tail end of last year, I did not know how he was going to age. And the answer is, like, fine wine, good sir. Yeah. I mean, like, I do think he's going to be... He is a a Thornton type in the sense that he's never really relied on his skating or his speed, to be honest with you. And so, uh, like, I think he might be able to play in a few more years, you know. But when the bottom falls out, he's going to look like Thornton and it's going to be bad. But... Mm -hmm. um, the bottom don't seem like it's anywhere close to falling out at this point. It's the best season he's had in five years. Yeah, uh, maybe more. Honestly, like it's it's hard think, to say. I, I think six years ago he had that thirty goal season in Dallas, right? Like I think I think that that's kind of I'll give him that there. Twenty fifteen sixteen, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. One. Yeah, but yeah, no, he he he's playing very well. I'm I'm very happy with that. And look, like the whole philosophical argument about you know. Um, I mean, like, Leaf fans seem to have fallen into this little trap now where it's just like, oh man, like, what would be a cool jersey for me to get? Like, who would be a cool guy to be like, ah, they played a season for the Leafs? And it's like... Because yeah. we all have Matthews already. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. and it's like, it's like, don't get me wrong, like, I love the fact that Ron Francis fucking retired a Maple Leaf, like, that's cool, but um, we don't need, we don't need to do that for the sake of doing that. It's not like when, before the salary cap era, when you could just have 35 guys on your fucking roster and be like, yeah, just trade for all these old guys because it'll look cool during the cup ceremony. We don't need to keep doing this. We tried this this year. It didn't work out with a lot of these old guys. I think halfway through the year, everyone was ripping on 
all the old takes about how Thornton and Simmons and shit didn't work out. Even I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And then the playoffs happened, and the depth of this team was just abysmal. And we don't need to keep signing these old fucking guys. But Spezza's your perfect old guy, where he contributes to the team every single night. The guys clearly want to win for him. He does everything the right way kind of thing. And that's the guy you need. And like, you're not paying him a lot. No. And, and maybe you want one, maybe two more of those guys. You don't need five or six of them, though. Like, everyone keeps going, sign this guy, sign that guy. Like, one of the only other good old players that I've seen maybe we should get was Ryan Getzlaff. People were talking about that this week. Yeah, third line center, he's still fine. You know what I mean? But, like... We don't need to keep trading for your Wayne Simmons and guys like this that shouldn't really be in the National Hockey League, you know. Uh, if Jason Spezza can have uh, 30 points next season as he did this year, he'll have his 1,000th career point as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. A pretty cool accomplishment for a guy that at one point didn't look like he was going to get there. He'll do it. Yeah, I, I would I would say he does it. Um, now, branching off this a little bit because, like, Jason Spezza famously, he signs the deal, comes up the next day and says, you know, if I could take less, I would... <laughs> Uh, which is an insane thing to like contemplate, but so there was a good tweet this week. It's just like ah, Spezza's uh, getting or Spezza's paying eighty seven dollars and fifty cents to play a game for the Leafs, and uh, he's living at his Nona's, and it was the picture of the Zoom call, oh, yeah. and he's just in like an average bedroom in Westport, basically. Like, yeah, is he living at his grandma's right now? Or, um, so yeah, that that would that'd be you know just a crazy thought. The, the guy wants to get paid less than league minimum. Um, but uh, he touched on the fact that the Leafs do have some cap constraints, and this was part of the motivation for him taking the oh, deal that he did. I hadn't heard about that. Um, which kind of ties into the, the the next topic, which has been circulating around, is, is that it looks like Zach Hyman's done in Toronto. Hmm. Which I think we all kind of saw coming, but uh, a lot of people didn't want to be honest with themselves and and, and admit what was going to happen. Um the guy has had a couple of really fantastic seasons um, where he's working hard, he's putting in the work, and uh, you know usually he's the hardest working guy on the ice most nights for, the, for this team. Now, there's two things that, that are going to happen as a result of that. One, uh, some team is going to pay him way too much money in free agency because of exactly the role that he plays. And two... I think his body's going to be breaking down pretty soon because of the way he plays. And we saw that a little bit this year. Um, he missed a big chunk of the season with a knee injury. Never really looked the same when he came back. Um, I love the dude. I, I, I want him to be what he has been for the Leafs the last five years for wherever he's playing. I want all the success in the world for Zach Hyman. I just don't know how much left in the tank he's going to have mm-hmm. in two, three years, honestly. He's, he's going to be 29 soon. Uh, sorry, he just turned 29. Actually, uh, it was a happy birthday, Zach Hyman. Happy birthday, uh, Zach Last Hyman. week, yeah. yeah. So, um, Happy birthday, Cody Frazier. Actually, too. happy birthday, Jason Spezza, too. He just turned 30, uh, 39. 38. What? 38, yeah. 30, yeah, I was going to say 38. Yeah, happy birthday, 13. Jason Spezza. It's your birthday. Yeah. We got to start doing the birthday uh, segment on the podcast, I guess. I'll right? round up some birthdays while yeah. you finish your point. Um. But yeah, the guy just turned 29. You know he's going to get a six, seven-year deal for free agency. What's that look like by the end of it? Like, is this buyer beware on all accounts? Or is Zach Hyman still 
the kind of guy that should be making the big bucks and getting the big ice time, or is this it? Um, well, I mean, again, like, it's revisionist history a little bit, right? Like, we, we came on the podcast uh, months ago and talked about, you know, what do you give Zach Hyman? And, and realistically, like, we were having a conversation about he's a 5 to $6 million forward. And and I honestly think there is a case to be made there still. I don't I don't disagree with that at all anymore. The problem is, and, and you stated it, is that, you know, how's this player going to age? It's always a concern with guys like that. I mean, you know, he's drawn Wayne Simmons comparisons his whole career. And, like, I literally just finished making a point about how don't sign old guys like Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is, like, 31 years old. He's just he's just cooked, though, is the problem, right? Zach Hyman easily could age that way. Now, I realize that I have a, a tendency to do this with players, and I, I, I still think I'm right. Uh, anytime a player has a major injury, it, it concerns me how they're going to come back, if they're going to come back to them old selves. And, uh, look, like, Zach Hyman, it's not like he tore his ACL, uh, but he came back after that injury this year and was nowhere near... Like, he looked like rookie Zach Hyman in the playoffs to me. He didn't look anything like Zach Hyman that I'd seen the last three, four, five years, not even, let alone the last six months. So... I'm not saying that that injury isn't going to heal right. It, it might not. But, you know, to your point, like, how many more years of prime Zach Hyman are you really going to get? Like, you know what I mean? We just saw the arrival of prime Zach Hyman six months ago. Is there any reason to suggest that it's going to go on for six or seven years? Like, not necessarily, right? If that's what he is at his high end, and he's only going to age poorly, then do you really want to tie that guy down? Because, like, here's my large point is what was Zach Hyman prior to the last two years? Like, he was a 40-point winger on a top line that did all the forechecking, basically, right? I hate to break it to you, uh, those players more or less grow on trees. They're everywhere. You you can find those guys everywhere. Uh, you just need to be willing to go out and look for them. And, you know, signing your old bastards instead of giving guys from the minors a chance to play that role is not the solution here. And my point is that do I think, like, Adam Brooks could play that role? Yeah, I do. And that's just the first guy I can deny in mind. Like, you know, if you have to plug guys in, you have Nick Patan that can kind of do that. He's just not nearly as good as all, right? But he can fill the role here and there. Like, these guys are everywhere. So, um, it, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, like, for sure. But, um, you know, do you overreact and re-sign the guy just because he has been important the last two years? I don't think so. Yeah, I think the one argument that I think Lee fans might try to make on this one is is the chemistry that was there with, with Matthews and uh, most times Marner, uh, but especially William Nylander. When, when Nylander, Hyman, and Matthews were together, um, they just clicked for whatever reason. Those, those three guys really played well together. And yeah, you're right. Like I think Willie has an understanding of where Hyman's going to be and where the puck's coming from because even though... Uh, People won't give him credit for it. Willie does the same thing that Zach does and goes into those corners and is that four-checker puck battle type guy. Yeah. I don't know what people are watching to say that he doesn't do that. That's mostly what he does. So he knows where the puck's coming from at that point. But to say that you can just plug anybody in, you're not wrong. Like, there's guys that can definitely do the same job. It's finding that same level of chemistry because I think there is a a skill to that. So There are a few guys that I can think of that do it as well as Zach Hyman in the league, for sure. Like, I understand that. Like... 
But, like, even, you know, when he was still healthy, like, Michael Furland is essentially the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, like these guys exist elsewhere, it's just finding them, is, yeah. Yeah. At the same level, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it is a tough one. One one guy that they did find that there's been a little discussion going on about bringing him back in the fold is uh, Nick Foligno. Uh, the, uh, the Leafs went out and acquired him at the deadline, gave up uh, first and, and some, some pieces to, to bring him in. And never really got the full experience, uh, the full Nick Felino, if you will. Um, if that if that's what we're going with, yeah. Well, he was injured for what, most whatever of his, experience yeah. I had. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I'll tell you that for free. Injured Holy for most shit. of his tenure, but you know, four points in seven games in the season for the team down the stretch there um, seemed to seemed to be flexible in in his role. You know, famously going to Sheldon Keith and saying. I'll play center the night that John Tavares gets hurt. You know, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to to help this team out. Now, this is a classic guy. Like, we just finished talking about, like, Wayne Simmons and bringing these types of guys into the fold. I don't really think that Nick Foligno is a priority for this team. I will say that if we can get a little bit more out of what we paid for him, that would be nice. Uh, now, there's there's got to be a trade-off here. I don't want to see the team go out there and spend $3 million on the guy well, to bring him yeah. back for the sake of, you know, gee, we sure gave up a lot to get you. It would be nice to get some more. That, but. That's just it. Like, you, it, it's the old adage, like, you can't try to, you can't try to, you know, win the game in the first period kind of thing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, you can't go back in time and undo what's done. And certainly re-signing the guy just for the narrative's sake is not going to do you any favors either. I mean, all I have to go off of is what I, is what I saw, and what I saw was uh, he was probably the worst guy that played for the Leafs in the playoffs. I thought I thought he was horrible. Um, does that mean we shouldn't resign him? Well, yes, but <laughs> like, am I am I willing to say that there's maybe more to recoup there for sure? Um, but I just I have no reason to believe that he's worth anything more than like a million dollars at this stage. He would be a guy where I would prefer him back over Simmons just because of the unknown. Yeah. But, I mean, again, if he's going to be taking a lineup spot from, again, Adam Brooks next year, I don't want that at all. I would I would say of the Leafs pending UFAs not named Zach Hyman, he'd be my number one priority to bring back. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't want Thornton back. I don't want Simmons. You said forwards? Of them all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Ben Hutton. I don't know. Is he any good? I don't remember seeing him play hockey. He's fine. Ever. I don't know. Like he, he, he's he's a guy where if he's gone, fine. If they re-sign him one year league minimum, I'll I'll take Ben Hutton. I think Ben Hutton's similar to like Martin Marincin. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't. He's not horrible. But like, is he doing anything crazy good? Not really. He threw mm-hmm. a big hit one game. He was good. But you know what I mean? Like like Nick Foligno would be at the top end of my list, but. By no means do I want to see the team go out there and yeah. give him whatever he wants to come back for a year. No, I, I um, yeah, I get it. He's not. I mean, it, it's with, not like we're talking a, a, an illustrious free agent class yeah. here. <laughs> the, the the big thing with Felino was that you know you bring him in for the playoff run. He's a rental because he's going to sign in Columbus again because he loves John Tortorella. Well, John Tortorella is gone, and now there seems to be this second thought from Nick Felino's camp saying. Gee, the reason I wanted to go back isn't there anymore. Columbus really isn't looking all that promising. I'm not getting any younger. Maybe there's a fit here. 
you know, there's the there's the whole thing about his dad playing for the Leafs, never getting it done. Maybe he maybe he wants to come back and be the Jason Spezza 2.0 and take the small deal and and make it happen. But until we see some numbers thrown around, I'd be very skeptical on on signing him. Uh, you know, without you know having some more yeah, purchase. Like, I put put it this way: there are many guys younger than him that are conceivably healthier than him that will hit the free agent market that I would rather have. Like, of of options out there for forwards, like, Felino would be in the, in the, like, not in my top 50 guys that I would want the Leafs to sign, like, under $2 million. Like, there are plenty of guys who are fringe NHL forwards that I think could make the step that he is not. So, um, yeah, for, for the record, um, who would I most like to see back? Because I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to re-sign Dermott. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's gone, but he would be my guy. I would imagine of their pending free agents, I would want him back. I, well, the, the Dermot one's weird because they have to sign somebody to meet the minimum requirements for the expansion draft. So either you either re-sign Zach Bogosian for the simple purpose of meeting your you know qualifications, or you, how many how many defensemen do they have to have signed? You have to have six NHL defensemen Oh god, so they got to sign a couple then because Sandine doesn't count, right? You don't have to protect him, do yeah, you? Yeah, Sandine doesn't count. I thought they had someone in the minors that did, though. Mm, Maybe not. I'm not seeing anyone. No. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's no need to debate that because we will also be doing our Seattle Kraken bonus episode mm. at some point, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get right into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I said it, too, when we had Kate on. I, I would like... Uh, Zach Bogosian back myself. I thought he was actually really good as the year went on. I really, really liked watching him on the third pairing. Um, like he would be a guy I want back, and like he's another guy I think of as being ancient, and he's he's a he's a birth year older than I am. <laughs> he's uh, or two of them, I guess. Like you know what I mean? He's not he's not ancient by any stretch. His birthday coming up uh, very quickly. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, happy birthday. What do we got today? Uh, if we're talking celebrities, uh, June 20th, Nicole Kidman turns 53 today. Lionel Richie, 71. Happy birthday, Lionel Richie. Hmm. Shows I thought he was dead. Shows a, oh, man, no, he's not American Idol. You thought Lionel Richie was dead and yeah. you weren't you weren't sadder about it? Mm-hmm. I like Lionel Richie a lot. I think <laughs> All Night Long, that's a fucking banger, man. It's that a is, good song. That is a song. <laughs> like, John Goodman turns 68. Oh. Of, right of the big Lebowski fame. Uh, yes, yeah, and that there? only. I love this website that I always... It's Famous Birthdays. And I scroll down and everyone's turning like 16. Like, I think it's just a bunch of TikTok stars on this at this point. Christopher Mintz Plass. McLovin. He's what, 18? He's 31 today. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> time time flies, eh? Oh, and then for uh, for hockey players, uh, happy birthday Sam Bennett. Mm. Turns 25 today. Uh, Nick Cousins. Uh... It's not. It's not a deep birthday today. Joe Corvo, former Joe Corvo, former Ottawa Senator, turns forty-four, and uh, the most podcast relevant name, uh, Peter Svoboda, the 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 not good one, the eighteen game one uh, turns it's, uh, forty-one today. That's wild. <laughs> Three points in eighteen games. Happy mm-hmm. birthday. You mentioned uh, the Leafs looking at the free agent market. Well, uh, one name that might be there, uh, Doug Hamilton. Doug Dougie, he sometimes goes as uh, when he's uh, applying for a new museum membership. He'll put Dougie uh, instead of Doug. 
Um, just, you know, to make them know that he's a fun guy. Yeah, it's just weird that they assume that this guy is just super boring and he's like the only guy I've ever heard of that strictly goes by Dougie. Yeah. He's gotta be a fucking good time, you would think. Um, sounds like the Hurricanes let him go. <laughs> I mean, they're certainly they're not... Actively They're not worried about back. keeping him. Yeah, like it's... I don't... This is another team that doesn't have a lot of defensemen signed for the expansion draft, and they have a lot of cap room, so you'd think maybe the priority would be bringing back a guy that has been, by all accounts, very good for you. Is It's 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 got to be the guy at this point, right? Like, we saw it with Boston. We saw it with Calgary. We're seeing it now with Carolina. His on-ice metrics would indicate he's a guy that you would want on your team... Yet everyone keeps passing on him. Um, yeah, I mean, analytically speaking, we are probably talking about the best, most reliable defenseman in the National Hockey League. Here. He's under 30 still. He's 28. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of here with Carolina letting him talk to other teams is 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 maybe two things, but even the first one I don't think works in their favor to the level that they think it does. Is The first thing is that this might be... Uh, a gesture of goodwill and good faith and just trying to do do right by Dougie Hamilton and being like, look, like if you want to talk to other teams right now, you go right ahead, but you're going to come back home kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, well, if that's what you want, you go right ahead. And maybe they're hoping that even that just kind of, you know, you want to see if the grass is greener out there by all means and you'll, you'll be coming, crawling back kind of thing, right? But I don't know if that... I imagine is a, a is a great idea. Like I like I don't even know that it is though. Like there are teams that are gonna want Dougie Hamilton that just have no. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're talking about teams that are better than the Hurricanes, there's not many. And are any of them getting him? Like Colorado, absolutely not. Vegas, absolutely not. Uh, Tampa Bay, absolutely not. Um, but you what's, know, but there what's are his good priority? teams that have to make it work on the cap. What's his priority? Is he worried about signing with a good team, or is he worried about, like, hey, who's going to give me seven years and a no-move so I can sit the fuck down and put some well, roots and get a house and... He's good enough that he should be able to get both. Like, if, like put put it this way, is that, you know, uh, look, I, I hate, I don't want this episode to turn into Leafs Corner, but it kind of already has. If... The argument is that he maybe wants to go home and go to Toronto and play for a good team and play somewhere where they're going to pay him. Like, if I'm the Leafs, I I will pretty much move heaven and earth to get Dougie Hamilton on my roster, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, like, if that's... You know what I mean? Like, if that's something that they would do, uh, you know, I think Boston's still solid and needs a defenseman. <laughs> so, like, would he go back there? I don't know. You know, like, it, it, it's tough. But what I'm saying is that he's good enough that he should be able to get paid and play for a good team. Because uh, uh, the only other defenseman I can think of that maybe was better than him that has hit the free agent market in the last 10 years was Alex Petrangelo last year, and he got exactly what he was looking for. And I think at this stage, Dougie Hamilton is a smidge better than him. It's pretty close, but I yeah. would rather have Dougie Hamilton. It's tough, and like there's an argument to be made that, you know, you named the Avalanche, you know, you, you talked about the Bruins, you know, a couple good teams, but does Dougie Hamilton go somewhere and make a team better? Like, well, sorry, not better, obviously makes them better, but goes and makes them, you know, takes them to that next level. 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of what you consider an elite franchise, maybe, I, I maybe he's so. doing that in Carolina. Maybe if he leaves, the Hurricanes well, take I a big step so. back. And that's the second point I was going to make. It's like maybe, you know, maybe they're worried about how, like Carolina put it this way, has not under the Eric Tolsky era signed a defenseman for eight years and over six million dollars. Like they have not given out a deal of that kind before. And maybe this is them being like, look, like even just because it's Dougie Hamilton, like we're not going to start doing this. We don't want to be somewhere in, in six years that we regret kind of thing. My point is that I don't know how, like that blue line's obviously good and deep, but like it's deep because they happen to have one of the best defensemen in the world. And you take him away, like, look, I'm high on Jacob Slavin, but you look at his numbers without Dougie Hamilton, they're not great. And Dougie Hamilton's numbers without Jacob Slavin are still, like, just as good. Like, they don't change, basically. So, like, you take him away, how good is that blue line? Like, I don't think it's it's that great. So, maybe their thought is getting him out there and trying to work out a deal somewhere is that he'll come back and be like, hey, look, I got a deal worked out with the Dallas Stars. I'm going to sign there on July 1st. If you want, I'll sign now and you guys can trade me there and get something for me. And then maybe that works out for the Hurricanes kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? The sooner that maybe Dougie has his mind made up, the better it's going to work out for them. And that might be kind of what they're thinking too. Because, like, you know, if you're if you're the Leafs, do you trade Morgan Riley plus for Dougie Hamilton? Like, I certainly do. If you're the Hurricanes, would you take Morgan Riley plus for Dougie Hamilton? Yeah, it's better than getting nothing, for sure. Morgan Riley also very good. So, <laughs> you know. It's tough, yeah. Because, I, I, like, I even even for them, like, would you rather a year of Riley and then let him walk for the same reason that you're letting Dougie walk next year? You know, like, you'd rather have Riley and not Hamilton than neither of them and deal with this blue line the way it is now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And who do you sign to replace them? Your whole shtick is that you're not signing guys to big deals. So who you get in free agency that's playing these minutes? Like, I, I don't know. It's... It's a tough situation to be in. I mean, if I'm Dougie, I don't necessarily know that I'd want to leave, but if they're not going to give you anything close to what you're worth, then why the fuck would you stay when you can, you know, go somewhere else and get paid too? Yeah, I would say the motivation behind uh, the, the Hurricanes allowing him to, to talk to other teams would be to try to execute the sign and trade. Has to be. So you can get that eighth year on the contract. It's that or they're um, just trying to be nice guys. And sure. that first part doesn't really yeah. make a lot of sense. In, like, this, in this instance. Yeah, the Hurricanes might be very content to say, you know, we'll we'll let you blow in the wind as a free agent. We'll get past Seattle. Then we'll sign you so they don't have to waste a, you know, mm-hmm. a slot if, if they feel they've got other guys they want to protect. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, go ahead, talk to other teams, and if the right deal comes along, then we'll talk. But I don't know. It's it's a bizarre move for a guy, like, like I said, is by all accounts their best defenseman, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and would be a hot commodity in my mind but yeah i mean it's the same conversation we had about petrangelo last year except dougie hamilton's not coming off a major injury that he that he you know what i mean that there's questions about how's he going to heal from it Mm -hmm. like he broke his leg last year but he's better this year so like that was the issue with petrangelo is the only thing i would say is like how is he going to age kind of thing and he seems like he's aging fine so far how's dougie hamilton going to age i don't know he he literally turned 28 this week like i wouldn't be super super worried about him happy birthday dougie Dougie hamilton so like where like honestly where do i put dougie hamilton like i i honestly think there is a small argument to be made that i 
he might be the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Like, Victor Hedman, we're going to assume, is playing hurt because he was fucking bad down the stretch and hasn't been great in the playoffs. It's been fine, but he did not Victor Hedman. So, I don't know. Like, I honestly think Dougie Hamilton's the next guy. Like, maybe Adam Fox or Kale McCarr. But Dougie Hamilton does a lot of things well that they don't. So, uh, staying with the Hurricanes here for a bit, Rod Brindamore coming oh, back. Oh, the bod. Officially. See, this is happy news. Yeah. Officially back with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, what was it? A four year deal? Five, mm. five mil? Something like that? I don't know. Something along those lines. Multiple years and a lot of money. Yeah, for more, sure. More money than I'll ever make. Yeah, uh, more money than I thought the Hurricanes would ever pay a head coach. Yeah. That's for sure, because Tom Dundon's the owner. Um, again, we're not going to talk about the award stuff, but he may have won an award that is worth mentioning. And the Hurricanes, for whatever reason, waited this long to get the deal done. Maybe they it was a wait till the playoffs are over type of deal, which kind of makes a little bit of sense, but... Oh, James, they waited to sign him till June 17th because he was number 17. Did you not hear didn't, about this? Isn't that the same day they won the Cup, too? I doubt it. When he lifted it? I don't think so. No? No, because I, I, like, I, think, I think the Cup's only been like after June 13th, like once. Other than last year. I could have sworn it was that season because that was coming out of the uh, lockout and they had to push everything back. Like the, the draft wasn't until August. I don't maybe, think they... maybe the draft was. I don't remember that. Yeah. Really? Sidney Crosby went. It no. was in August when he got drafted. Uh, I was pretty checked out back then. I was That's a Leafs fan. Nice, so. yeah. Um, yeah, good smart signing. Like this is the one story of a guy where he you know comes and gets hired by the team he played for. You do the eye roll thing and uh, it's worked out. He's uh, he's he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Rod Brindamore really begs the whole question, like, how important is a head coach's X's and O's, really? You know what I mean? Because he's a guy who came in and just strictly was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not an X's and O's coach. I just get the boys fired up. And it's like, okay. So, like, they're paying this guy $5 million a year to be the guy that, like, all the players walk in the dressing room when they get to the rink and he's just on the fucking bike and he's been on there for, like, two hours. He's like, fucking game time, boys. Let's fucking go. And it's like, then he comes in and just yells and swears. And then and then does what? Like just tells Sebastian Aho to play twenty three minutes, and this team's fucking unbelievable. Like, I I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how good of a coach he really is, but he's gotten the perfect response out of this group that they were looking for. So, uh, is he worth that money? Absolutely. Like I don't really care how he gets it done. I don't really care what a coach does to get it done. Like, do you win games or not? This team wins games. Granted, he might have the best defenseman in the National Hockey League also helping him. But. <laughs> I always think back to Lester Patrick in the uh, 1943 playoff Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I always... Uh, that's, that's, it's hard to forget that, really. Jumps over the bench. His goalie's hurt. Straps the pads on. Wins, wins the game. He wins the game as the coach <sighs> of the team in net in the Stanley Cup Finals. Could Rod Brindamore... Could we see him hop over the bench one day? You know what? You know what, Pesci, you're playing like shit. I'm getting out there myself and just... He could still play. I guarantee, I, I, I fully believe he could still get out there and be better than a fraction of the players in the, in the league. Look, I, I know that you and I coached like exclusively like midget B hockey for the most part. Like We only coached a few years in midget A. But I think the f- most fucked up stat from our coaching days is the fact that you and I have never coached a game where a player played in net and we lost. We won every single time. We're like six and zero with players. Six. In there. Well, because because 
I'll have to bleep the names, of course, but, like, the first year that I was an assistant, we had and play, like, three or four games in net. He was getting shutouts. <laughs> we only lost two games that year, and we had a real goalie in net for both of them. Yeah. There was, uh, uh, Kani yeah, played, played a game, and then there was someone else, too, that I'm forgetting, but I know we won the game. So we're, like, 5-0, and oh, players in net. There, there's probably even instances I'm forgetting, maybe because we lost those games, and I'm just... Didn't choosing. Cole uh, strap on something I can't point? imagine. No? No. Maybe he just play. Maybe just block some shots when we pulled the goalie or something, I don't know. Played a net in the uh, parent yeah. versus kid game, and I Against scored my... Bird. I sniped on him, and I, I enjoyed that, but... Um, all right, uh, are the coaches we got to talk to you because there's been some news. Uh, Gerard Gallant, he's the man yeah. in, in New York. Um, it's about right. There's probably a cabby New York Gerard Gallant joke somewhere to be had, but everyone else mm. is going to make them, so I'll, I'll hold off. Are there, are there any movies about like a New York cab driver? Actually, is Taxi Driver take place in New York City? Because that would, would be... I would imagine. Yeah, does it? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Oh, you don't uh, you don't want him as a driver. He'd be fucking. That'd be an awkward car ride. Wouldn't be good. Bit of a bit of a freak that guy. New York City. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> is there a, is there a movie about a New York City cab driver? Oh, you mean like literally like one of the best movies of all time? Yeah, hundred percent. It takes I, place. I, in New I York would City. go so far as to say, is there a movie that has a prominent taxi driver character? Where the movie doesn't doesn't take place in New York. That that would be my <laughs> real question. Yeah. to you. Where where does where does the cab scene take place in planes, trains, and automobiles? Like where does that movie start? Does it start in Chicago or does that start in New York? Yeah, I don't know which way they go. I think that I think it starts in New York City. Okay. The scene Steve Martin chasing down the fucking yeah. cab. I think I think that's in New York. Yeah, I, it has to be. I'm, a, I'm 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 almost willing to bet money that there there isn't a, a prominent cab scene in, involved in a movie that isn't shot in new york or or you know not shot but set in new york it's a fucking awesome movie yeah. Yeah. uh drug Gallant taking okay. on a roster of uh some real young talent mm-hmm. uh some very interesting pieces obviously uh, his work in vegas is the stuff of legend mm-hmm. the former jack adams winner I, th- I think i think he picked the right the right team here yeah yeah like other than seattle where the only argument would be that he could go do the same thing he did in vegas because he's been there done that this this was the right move. I gotta be honest with you. Like Seattle, I don't think would have made much sense for him. Um, the the problem with Seattle is that you're going in now with expectations, whereas Vegas, you you went in without <laughs> really funny. any. Like Seattle, I think a lot of people are gonna shit on them when they inevitably probably are not nearly as good as Vegas was in their in their inaugural season, right? Like, if I'm a betting man, I'm sure they're gonna get some good players, but uh, do I think they're gonna be very good next year? No, and. Uh, we'll get to why that is uh, in a few minutes here. Um, like, I just, I don't think that ever would have been the right move for Gerard Gallant. He's car- kind of already done that, and he only did it out of necessity, and they still fucking canned him. So, like, why would he want to try that again? You know what I mean? So, uh, I think the Rangers are the right move. I think that it's a good spot for him to be in because he likes working with younger players. Um, you know, he goes in with some expectations, but none that really go over what he's capable of. Uh, so I, 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 yeah, I, I like the hiring a lot. I think the Rangers made the right move here. Um, we talked about it a few weeks ago. The only other name that maybe was possibly out there that they could have gotten that I would have preferred would have been if Rod Brindamore was available. 
that would be it. Yeah. I think Gerard Gallant is one of the ten best coaches in the world. And uh, I think now he's hopefully going to get a proper chance to show that because he's been screwed over three fucking times as a coach. So The Columbus Blue Jackets are moving off of the John Tortorella train and onto the Brad Larson train. That's right. Uh, the name we all assumed. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, longtime assistant is going to get his, uh, his time in the spotlight in Columbus. Now... You know, and, and this kind of harkens a little bit back to the Nick Foligno stuff I was talking about, where Jansen Harkins he, he wanted to, he wanted to come back and, and play for Torts, <laughs> but I guess there's an argument to be made that he could come back and, and want to play for Brad Larson. Like by all accounts, you don't bring the assistant in and promote yeah. him if the players on the bench all fucking hate the dude, right? So um, could be could be interesting, Columbus, but yeah, yes and no. I mean, like they all like a lot of them fucking hated Torts too, and they kept him for forever. And, oh, but nobody will tell you they hated Torts. And, like, I'm at the... Well, now they might, because now he's not the coach anymore. I also... Uh, I don't know. There's a few reasons why I was skeptical about this. I mean, the first thing being that... I don't know if they ever actually said who the coach was that Patrick Laine didn't get along with in Columbus. But mm. if it's this guy, uh, that's another disaster waiting to happen. Um, you know, he he's only ever coached there... And I'm sort of getting to the point with this franchise where I'm starting to think that Jarmo Kekalainen's just a fucking idiot and, and that this organization is a is a unmitigated disaster. Uh, it's easy to say that when a team has their first really bad year in a while. Um, but I, I'm really quite skeptical about this organization now. They've really lost my faith in the last six months or so. So, um, do I think it's a good hire? Uh, not really, because I I can't remember the last time the Blue Jackets did something that I was like, wow, man, what a fucking nice move. So I'm starting to really kind of doubt what's going on there. Uh, do I know anything about Brad Larson? No. I know he used to play for the Colorado Avalanche in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think he played for the Thrashers. Yep. And uh, he was an assistant coach for the last, like, eight years in Columbus. So what are they going to do? Probably the exact same things that they did under Torts, except be a lot worse, probably. So, Brad Larson, by you know all accounts, you know he coached the World Junior Championships for Team Canada back in the late nineties, back to back years, part of the uh, the five run golds. He had two absolutely fantastic seasons with the Springfield Falcons in the AHL as head coach, uh, and it looked like he was the heir apparent uh, at one point back in. 2014 2015 like he, he was the sheldon keefe of the nhl back then and he gets the promotion with the blue jackets spends a year on the bench and then a little guy by the name of john tortorella becomes available and the blue jackets bring him in as the head coach and it's been that way ever since i th- i think brad larson could be a sneaky good hire here because i i think that there's some skill that he's gonna get uh, out of this team um, but it's not a good team to begin with. So whatever he can get out of them probably isn't going to be enough to really make a, a big impact. He's not going to have a Dean Evison type, you know, rookie head coach season. But I, I think he's a talented guy, but does yeah. he move the needle much? Probably not. Um, He's sort of scary looking. Like he kind of looks yeah. like uh, if Ben Roethlisberger and Ron Perlman had a, had a kid. So... Give everybody a chance to Google Ron Perlman at yeah, home. Take, take your time. Um, it's Hellboy. Sounds like Don Granado is going to stick around in Buffalo because... Oh, God, really? I didn't know about this. Yeah. Sounds that way. 
Yeah. Well, he, he was really good for them, James. They won uh, at a 35% clip instead of a 30% clip under him. So. Come on, 37%. <laughs> is that what it was? Give, give the guys due. Fuck yeah, he might be the best coach franchise history then. Yeah. Um, the only reason I bring this up is because it effectively fills all of the coaching seats, say for one expansion team, and there's a few guys that can be left without a seat here at the end of the day. You know, notably John Tortorella. Uh, you know, Mike Babcock still is kind of a name that is blown in the background uh, from here, here, here and there. Rick Tockett, a guy that just left Arizona, sounds like he's getting a lot of uh, intrigue from the <sighs> Seattle front office. Um, God. I don't wonder how much of of, of, of Seattle's head coaching decision is going to come down to timing because uh, I, I think if Ron Francis had it his way, he would have had Rod Brindamore behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're probably not signing anybody until you've got that, you know, confirmation that Brindamore's off the table. And does Gallant sign somewhere else in the meantime while while you're waiting? And does you know so and so go out there and sign while you're waiting? And now you're left with Rick Tockett as your only other hope. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there, there is. Uh, at least on the record, uh, one other team that puts more money into analytics and, and uh, deep dive numbers and really trying to get ahead of the game kind of thing than Seattle, and that's Toronto Maple Leafs. Never heard of them. Uh, Seattle is supposed to be this team that is got uh, like just a database of this kind of shit, and they're supposed to be way ahead of everything. And they're, they're three interviews deep on a guy who has coached six years in the National Hockey League as a head coach, and his best teams have been above 500 by four games. And oh, by the way, they also lost a shit ton of games in overtime. So he's never coached a team that's won more than they've lost. And uh, I don't think he's a particularly good head coach. I've never really seen anything out of him that I think makes him a particularly good head coach. He seems like uh, the guy before the guy. So if that's maybe Seattle's approach, is they're really not concerned about how good they are next year, and they just kind of want to teach some things... You could do worse, but um, it would be a very bizarre hire for me because I would think that a guy that has coached in the American Hockey League or put it this way, I think I think there are dozens of other guys out there that would make more sense to me than Rick Tockett. Like an unknown would make way more sense to me than Rick Tockett at this point. Bruce Boudreaux would make way more sense to me Another than name, yeah. Rick Tockett. David Quinn. Uh Ooh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> honestly, like you know what I mean. Like fuck. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Claude Julien would make more sense to me than fucking Rick Tockett. Uh, I don't really understand what they have to gain other than maybe they're just trying to pick his brain about stuff. But I don't know if you need three interviews to pick a guy's brain. So um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't like it if that's the direction they're going in. For sure, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, Arizona name a head coach? Yeah, they did. I don't remember <laughs> who it was. Yeah, you're like the vacancies are all full. I'm like, who? I th- who's their guy? I think it was just an assistant that they already had in the system because you know they're a pretty cheap franchise. <laughs> oh, they uh, it's Wayne Gretzky again. Oh, cool. Yeah, maybe, maybe they haven't. I thought they did. But I don't think they have. I mean, it it, it doesn't really matter. It's just uh, I was more or less just curious. Hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the the Coyotes and and the Seattle are gonna have to fight to the death and and figure out who 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 they're gonna hire out of the long list of names and. I'm sure a few of them will be left seeing red. Speaking of seeing red, uh, we should probably talk about uh, Jeff Petrie and the Montreal Canadiens uh, as they continue their um, trudge through the uh, NHL playoffs. Do you like that one? That wasn't bad, eh? It was no, that was good. Cool. That was good. Um, since we talked last, the uh, I don't, we're not we're calling them the semifinals, I guess, because there's no conferences this year. So this year's semifinals, which is around later than most years, because it's the NHL. Uh, they've started. They're underway, uh, and the Montreal Canadiens are up two to one on the Vegas Golden Knights, as we all predicted, as we all saw coming, as we all knew would be the case. Right. Um, on a list of like, it was four to one. Um, to like, I brush my teeth every day, and I know how you know that. That's that's gonna happen. I'm not sure if I understand yeah. the metrics. Here. <laughs> how, how shocked are you that the Habs are not only like winning the series, but are active? Like you know that the Golden Knights don't have a response at this point. To yeah. Games. No, I'm I'm about a five to be quite honest. With right you. in the middle, eh? Well, I mean, here here's the thing: is that Montreal is I I've, I won't even think about this one. Montreal is the worst team I've ever seen in the Final Four uh, in the Cap era, um, and they've done it twice. They they are well, <laughs> yeah, they were fine the other time, but they they're they're the worst team I've I've ever seen get there. Um, they are getting absolutely bludgeoned in this series, other than the goals that have happened. Uh, like they're get they're getting destroyed. Um, the first period of game two was pretty good. I'll give them that. Um, but yeah, they're 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 getting fucking destroyed. The the problem is that uh, Vegas is uh, cursed. Uh, Vegas well, has now, has a hex pump, on them. Pump the brakes there. They, they are no. They, I I hundred percent. They had to sell their souls to get all the players that they had, and the the deal they had to make with the devil was that look like. You guys are going to be really good in the regular season. You're going to have lots of fun. Fucking, like, every imaginable star that you could think of that's in Vegas is going to come to your games, uh, get super involved, ring that fucking bell or whatever there, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But every year in the playoffs, something fucked up is going to happen. You're just going to have to deal with it, and that's just the way it goes. Because I, I said a few weeks ago, every year that they lose, it's like, what the fuck happened? And this year, it'd be make perfect sense for Carey Price to just make 48 saves a game on the on the Golden Knights in one of the most lopsided series I've ever seen other than the scoreboard. You know. The yeah. shot the shots were 28 to 5 at one point last night. <laughs> and it was 1-1. You know what I mean? Like it's just they're getting fucking killed, but hey, they're they're doing everything they need to stay in the game. And most of that is Carey Price just standing on his head to a level I have never seen him do, even in his prime. Or so. Mark Andre Fleur leaving the crease, whatever you want. To he's run. been horrible in the series too. Mm-hmm. I gotta say that. Like he, he's been. I. <laughs> is that the, you know is that the panda music I hear? For a day and a half, I was saying that that Toffoli goal might be the worst goal he's ever let in, other than that World Junior goal. And then he goes out last night, and it's like, oh, let's add another highlight to the list. You know what I mean? Uh... Yeah, he's had he's had some low lights, man, for a guy who's had a good career. But so yeah, am, am I that shocked? No, the Golden Knights have have made their bed. They're gonna have to lie in it. How, how do you respond though? You, you're still in Montreal for that game four. 
Yeah. You've got what, you know, we we're discussing as a potential goalie controversy. Do, do you go with Robin Leonard after he's only played one game in the past month and a half? If you lose that game, you're down three to one in the series. But if you ride with Mark Andre Fleury, who hasn't been great thus far, see, he he's had a moment or two in each game though where he's been bad. It's not like I would say he's like every goal he's letting in has been bad. Um, like I, I was, I was really annoyed with Flurry in game two because of the Toffoli goal, and then I know he loves his poke checks, but like Paul Byron's not a guy you're gonna poke check on a breakaway. Let him shoot the puck. He's terrible. Like let just let him shoot. Uh, and he went for the poke check. Like, all right, that was dumb. So, like, I th- I thought Flurry cost them that game. Uh, did I think he cost them last night though? Like, not necessarily. Really, he wasn't great. But well, I think he does on 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 the act of leaving the the net alone. For yeah, no, I, I get the argument. Like, I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. And I, I didn't think that Anderson goal was particularly good on his part part either. But like, I I don't know. I I. You know how I feel about Robin Leonard. Like, do I? Do you go with Robin Leonard with confidence? For certainly, I would. But um, you know, do I think they have to do that? I don't think so. Like, I don't think Pete DeBoer is making a mistake to leave Flurry in either. Um, you know, they 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 had forty seven shots on net and something like a hundred shot attempts last night, and they only managed to get two behind a guy that was like an eight twenty two goaltender for the last three years. So, you know. Yeah, I'll give Price credit. He's playing well, but he this guy isn't superhuman at this point. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Now, the last time we spoke on the podcast together, um, I alluded to um, a comparison made on a different podcast about how the Colorado Avalanche looked a lot like the 1999 Detroit Red Wings, uh, going 6-0 and through the first six games, mm-hmm. then dropping four in a row, which ended up happening. Uh, the, the Avalanche uh, lost last Thursday in Game 6 to the Golden Knights, um, which has brought us to where we are now with the Habs uh, series, obviously. But when you look back at, at the year the Avalanche had and, and where they could have gone knowing who they would have played the next round, uh, you know, that being the Montreal Canadiens, is this... A big step back for this franchise, or or is there any way that they can try to make something out of this and and take it forward with them and say, hey, we're we're not going to let this happen again over, for Vegas for Colorado over Colorado. Uh oh yeah, I guess we never really got into that last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't read very much into it if I'm if I'm Colorado. this was the team that I had to to win the cup before the playoffs even started certainly. And I'm 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 not surprised they lost to Vegas. I'm just surprised in the fashion they did it, losing four in a row like that, completely falling off the the rails uh, to a degree. You know, like if you're gonna lose to Vegas, that's fine. But you know, I thought there'd be some back and forth. You know, there'd be some pushback. I thought there was though. Like I yeah. thought Colorado responded fairly well in Game Five and Six. Like it's not like they got their brains bashed in. Well, you lost six three in, in a game that you had to win or go home in. For sure, um, I, I think some of that was on Grubauer, uh, but you know, is Grubauer a guy that worries me in net necessarily? I don't think he's as good as people think he is, but I do think he's a really good goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not overly worried about it if I'm Colorado. To be quite honest with you, I think that in that series they had guys maybe playing some minutes that shouldn't have that are more than likely not going to be on the team next year. Brian Graves is exactly who I'm talking about. 
Um, you know, like, like I, I think the roster's constructed well. I think they, you know, could probably use another depth forward a little bit. Like I've said before, I like their depth. I don't love it up front. Um, but I, I don't think they're very far off at all. The, the problem for them is what's Landis Cog's contract going to look like, right? Like, that's the big problem there, is how much cap space are they really going to have to work with to to do much else. But I, I don't read too much into this on Colorado, to be quite honest with you. Like, they lost uh, in six in a series that maybe could have gone seven. Like, they weren't as good against Vegas as they maybe should have been, but Vegas was also arguably the best team in the league this year, too. So... They lose to Vegas this year. They lose last year to the team that goes to the cup final, I believe. They lost to Dallas mm-hmm. in seven, I think, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think they're close. Um, but this was one of those responses where everyone was just kind of like, well, this is another year that they should have done it. And it's like, you could make the argument that they've gone further the last couple of years than they actually have. You know what I mean? Um, I get it's getting frustrating for this franchise to not play in the conference final. They haven't been there in almost as long as any team in the National Hockey League. But um, I'm I'm not really that concerned with them at all. Like, I don't think you do too much to this team. Yeah, that was a wild stat I heard about how the, the Leafs have been to a conference final more recently than the Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, they, they, yeah, they haven't been further since they won the Cup. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I Again, like, this, this kind of ties into the, the, the same storylines as, as Toronto had where... You know, you you had a team in the next round just waiting for you to for you to beat the living piss out of, and you, yeah. you couldn't get there. That was your your clear opportunity to get to the finals. Well, and and then it's and then it's you and Tampa or, or whoever else. And then if you lose that, well, at least we made it this far, right? This this we took a big step forward. That, that's just it, right? It's like the difference between the Leafs and the Avalanche is like the have the Avalanche actually been good in their playoff runs? Like, yeah, like they've. I mean, you know, they, they've they've played well in their playoff runs. They just haven't really gotten the results that were desired sort of thing, right? But, like, you know, you compare it to the Leafs, and it's like, well, the Leafs this year played against, again, a team that was 18th in the league in, in uh, points percentage in Montreal. There's no excuse not to win that. Last year, the Leafs didn't even make the playoffs. They lose to fucking Columbus in the, in the qualifier. Uh, like, like, they're not even close is the problem with the Leafs. The, the Avalanche, I think are losing to good teams and their good players are playing well, just maybe not as well as they need to, to get over the hump, but they're playing good, you know? Um, the lightning currently up two to one in their series against the Islanders, uh, after, uh, a defensive clinic in, in Nassau. So I've heard, uh, Coliseum lightning win two to one. Um, this is kind of the, the, the anti-series to the, to the Islanders-Bruins where we all we all thought, wow, that's going to be a, a really low-scoring Islanders 2-1 to hockey game type of, type of series. Here the Bruins and the Islanders, they go back and forth to trading goals. It's high-scoring the whole time. And now and now you get Tampa Bay and you're thinking, oh, wow, Tampa Bay is even more offensive than Boston. This is going to be great. And now we've got the 2-1 to games the, that are going back and forth, 4-2 mm-hmm. to with an empty netter. You know, like, um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, Start contrast to, to what we just saw, but Lightning are proving that they can do it both ways. They they can go out there and they can score eight goals against you, but they can also shut things down and and play a tight game if that's how you want to do it. Um, I'll give the Islanders a lot of credit that that, that first game uh, to win it on the road like that in Tampa Bay, I, I thought that was very impressive. Um, they keep proving me wrong for 
five years now, um, so I'm going to start believing that I'm the problem and uh, that the Islanders are actually really, really fucking talented, and I don't know why, but they just are. So um, I guess the question is, is uh, you know, how many games does, does it take for the Islanders to beat uh, Montreal in the finals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think this year has really taught us finally what it takes to win in the National Hockey League playoffs. It's very clear, and people have overlooked this for a long time, and it's time to finally admit it. Uh, whoever is the best team at just clutching and grabbing and grabbing people by the fucking shoulders and hauling them to the ice and fucking tripping people and all that shit, those are the teams that are going to win. Because three of the four best teams in the league at doing that are the final four teams. And if you watch the Islanders and Lightning, it is uh, unwatchable would be the word. It is That is the worst fucking series I've ever seen, probably. It is horrible. Um, Yeah, what a great year for the NHL it's been. You got uh, Vegas out shooting Montreal 100 to 1 in one series, and then you got another one where at least it's close, but uh, nobody can skate more than 10 feet without getting their brains bashed in. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's been bad. I won't. I didn't watch Game Three. Actually, I'll say that I uh, I won't watch games at Nassau Coliseum. I, I don't know if I've ever actually stated that on the podcast. I will not watch. Uh, I just don't like the Islanders, but. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's the series gone sort of the way I, I thought it would. I mean, for a um, a less aggressive sort of take on what the series has been, like the Lightning are, you know, similar to the Islanders in a lot of ways, where they they do get away with some stuff and they play a physical kind of game. Like the I think the Lightning took the most penalties in the league this year. Like they, they like to sit in the box because the thought is that they're going to get power plays. I think out of it is sort of their their rationale with it right you take to give mm-hmm. but um yeah, if you believe you're a penalty kill enough then sure why and, not? and they have a great penalty kill right yeah. like they they're they're a well-built team that's not a secret um yeah I, I don't know i like i said i think this series probably gonna go six or seven i think it's been close enough i think the islanders are doing a lot of things that they're good at um but the lightning are the lightning so they're just they're they're running from behind here but i think the islanders are going to win another game or two that maybe people aren't giving them enough credit for Oh yeah, I, I definitely. It's think, par for the course. Yeah, series I, I, for me. I definitely think we're getting six or seven out of this, uh, just just based on how tight these these games have been. It's it's it's. Yeah, even game two, like it was yeah. what it was five two or four two four or something two. like that, but it was close till till the end, sort of thing. Like it was a close game. Mm-hmm. Um. So you've you've we were three games through, both series at this point. Um. What what would be your ideal matchup? It's it's Vegas Tampa at this point. Four teams left. God, I can't imagine watching anything else. Yeah. I, I I said it once before, and I'll, I'll reiterate because I'm getting worried that it might actually happen. If the Habs win, the only thing that I want to have happen as a result is that the NHL gets to the long overdue stance of reseeding in the Final Four. Because they'll get some crazy ratings out mm-hmm. of Habs Islanders or Habs Lightning. And go, wow! We can have two Eastern Conference final teams in the and, and and make all these you know numbers on our ratings and and the TV deals are through the you know what and and they can say we'll do it. Oh wow! Could you imagine if the Bruins had gotten past the Islanders? We had Boston and Montreal. That's the only thing. That's the only good thing Montreal's doing at this point for me, uh, still being alive this this late. Mm-hmm. I will say this: Montreal Canadiens winning the Stanley Cup is the funniest possible outcome of probably the whole season. So I, I would. Part of me, like the sick bastard in me, kind of wants them to win the cup because I think that'd be the funniest fucking thing ever. You know, I like to see them like a team that 
would not have made the playoffs in a normal year. Yeah. Win the Stanley Cup and actually beat like two or three good teams on the way there. That'd be fucking so funny. I wouldn't mind seeing them like lose in six just to see what kind of like mentality they have because they're going to bring back Bergevin. Well, and that's that's and exactly gonna, what I was going to say. You know, is is if they win the Stanley Cup, Mark Bergevin is the coach or is the GM until until he dies, and he's in great shape, so he's got a lot of time left. Like this guy's going to be the general manager for like thirty five more fucking years if they win the Stanley Cup, and Habs fans are so conflicted with him because like he's a likable guy. And every so often he pulls a crazy trade out of his ass, but largely he is a horrible general manager. <laughs> I shouldn't say horrible. He's not very good. He's not good. You know, he wouldn't, put it this way, if he were to get fired, I don't know that he would get another general manager job and last more than two years. He maybe gets another crack somewhere else, but probably not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think that'd be hilarious. They, they protect Price and, and, you know what I mean? Like, just go all in on protecting this core in the expansion draft. <laughs> like, it'd be great. It'd be great. They're going to trade Jonathan Druin because he's not there. So they're like, ah, we can win without him. It's like, well, no, he's one. You might want to keep him. Hang on. <laughs> um, so one thing we didn't get around to talking about that I, I thought was really odd, but a worthy conversation. Mm. Um. The Hurricanes, they, they lost in five to the Lightning. I thought this was going to be about someone's birthday. Ooh. They they lose in five to the Lightning, who are obviously the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, a real good hockey team. I don't think there's any shame in losing to that team uh, where they're at. Not not like losing to a team that would, uh, wouldn't would have made the playoffs in a regular year. Not, not that level of shame anyway. Um, and I watched the last game there, game five. They were at home. They got a standing O from their fans on the way out the door. Which I thought was very nice. Mm-hmm. But apparently... That's that pretty routine. Apparently that pissed off uh, all 199 out of 200 hockey men. And this firestorm of, of takes about how you, you don't cheer when you lose. Uh, you know... What did you accomplish this year? Oh, you won a round. That's great. That that's what you're like. That's what you're happy about. And and it would just got me on this this weird, you know, mental trip where like, are we allowed to be happy when a team when your team doesn't win the thing because only one team wins it, and there's going to be thirty two teams next year, so the the success rate is going to be one point three percent of of all fans get to be happy. Any given season, hmm. or or are we allowed to celebrate minor accomplishments like the Hurricanes winning their division and winning a round and having a good season by all accounts, but not winning the thing? Is, is are we allowed to do that, hockey fans? I, I feel like we're told not to. Uh, the idea that you're not allowed to do that is is batshit insane to me. Um, here's why. Uh, if the Hurricanes had just lost in the first or second round for like the ninth or 11th year in a row, and this Fran fan base were growing increasingly frustrated, it'd be one thing, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I, I think that uh, in the early 2000s that the Leafs get eliminated and they don't get cheered off the ice, I think that was perfectly fair. Because, you know what I mean? That, that would be fine. This is a team that has been really good for about like really good for like two years 
they were good before that, but they weren't like a, they were more of a pretender than a contender, right? Now they actually are a legitimate team. They have a young core and by all accounts are probably going to come back with a very similar roster next year. And that uh, would be the right move. And there's no reason for you to make uh, 14 of those 20 guys that are definitely staying not want to stay. You know what I mean? Like, they should want to love it there. And that is one fan base that needs to do everything they can to be as good and positive as they can because there are not a lot of them. So, um, yeah, like, they, they need to do that kind of thing. They should be receptive of their team. There's no reason for them to be frustrated. They shouldn't be fucking frustrated. They lost to a team that won the Stanley Cup last year and is probably going to win it again this year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't see any of this that people were upset about that, but I think it maybe goes back to people not liking the whole storm, storm surge shit from last year and holding a grudge against this team. The other thing I would say is that, uh, we shouldn't really be judging anyone's response, uh, to anything right now, because I, I realized in the last month or so, every single human being on planet earth forgot about the last 14 months, it seems like, but I haven't. Uh, I, I had a horrible year the last year, and if I had a chance to go to a hockey game and see my favorite team, I'm cheering them off the ice regard. They could get blown out of the building 11 nothing. I'm <laughs> thankful for the fact that I was able to go to the fucking game, get out of my house, see this fucking team live. So I don't think anyone should be saying shit about that kind of stuff too, because I think a lot of those people were probably very just happy to be there, thankful that the Hurricanes gave them something to watch throughout the season, and... Uh, they should be allowed to be happy for that too. So on a normal year, I think that'd be crazy to say that they shouldn't do this uh, in their context. Every fan base should be cheering their team off the ice this year because they should be thankful that those guys showed up, did their jobs at all this year. I, I you know, and, and I, I agree hundred percent. Like that, that's something that I don't think was taken into account when, uh, these types of takes were making the rounds. No, I, I get these old rich hockey men had a great fucking year hanging out with their friends <laughs> at their cottages while everyone else was locked yeah. out of the fucking house. But, um, yeah, like, these people that went to these games are largely working class people that have worked very hard to get there and are probably quite happy that they had the chance to do so. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have had the chance to do so, but that's another Yeah, I'm not... I don't care too much about that, but... Um, yeah, just just really bizarre. I like my my hats off to the, those fans for for sticking it out and and showing up. And you know, aside from maybe being a Leaf fan, I think any every, every team deserved that type of uh, send off. The, the Leafs, that was a totally they, different. They yeah. yeah. But everyone, <laughs> like the Blues, the I Blues have... fans should have been standing on their feet, getting swept, being like, sure. "Cool, we're still drunk from 2019. Like this yeah, is yeah. this is great." Yeah. So. We, we get it. You're all old and hurt. Like, every single one of you is old and hurt. It's like going to visit grandma. You know, just... <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Remember the 80s? Yeah. Fuck, you were like 60 then. That was a uh, good run, eh? Sure would be nice if you could still cook that turkey we all love. But, hey, whatever. You're still alive, I yeah. guess. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say this. My Nana aging like Jason Spezza in a way. Like, the cooking's just... 72 hasn't years fallen, old. Yeah. Hasn't fallen off. Oh, yeah. She, like I said, she's like 81, mm-hmm. but I think she's 72. <laughs> Um. All right, we got uh, an awful. Oh right, awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, sporting moments or events to see live. So things that a player would do in a game that you think is uh, obviously overrated, underrated, favorite, or least favorite. Mm. Uh, that that would be worth seeing in person. Hmm. Hmm. 
I don't think I have an overrated yet. Do you have one? I have, I have an overrated. Okay. Uh, seeing a player's first game. Yeah. Because, Is that a like, thing that gets people excited? Well, like, I, I think it's 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 a moment in a player's career. Sure. And obviously there's fans in the building for the most part. Time um, out. Yeah, okay. Can we stop sending the rookie out first to do the fucking st- stupid two laps by himself? Is that is that still funny? Well, what else are we gonna do with the rookie? Just have him come out with the team. We, we can't beat him with his with a paddle in the showers anymore. That's not allowed. Oh my god! <laughs> no, like, but like, why? Like, uh, okay, maybe it's one thing to do it. Can we stop showing it on the broadcast? Like, it's this exciting fucking thing. Like, just talk about it. it's the kid's first game. Every time they show the solo lap, and it's like you've seen this movie a thousand times. I don't need to see it anymore. I don't care. Mm. Nobody gives a shit. I don't care. Okay. But you don't like the first game. No, I, I just think it's overrated because, like, it's special for the person. But as a fan, like, they're not all Austin Matthews, okay? You're, you're going to, like, that guy's first game, be it hockey or whatever, they're probably going to be pretty nervous. They're probably not going to have a great game, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to have your first first game of your big league career, you're going to go... 0 for 3, and maybe you have a, a decent defensive game or something. But, like, you're, you're probably not doing the walk-off in the ninth inning uh, type of... type. Of, you're not scoring four goals in your first game. Uh, uh, that's that's the rarity. So, hmm. this idea that, oh, I, I'd love to go see, you know, this guy that we just drafted first overall. I gotta, I gotta be at his first game. I was like, well, that's, Alexis Lafreniere probably is gonna let you down. Sorry. Hmm. Okay. Um, that, that might be mine. Like, I don't, I don't really know that there is anything that I feel particularly strong about it being overrated. And you're right. I don't, I don't necessarily care. I don't like, I put it this way. Like I've been to, uh, I don't know, like a dozen hockey games, maybe less. And I don't remember ever seeing anyone's first game. I remember a lot of little oddities, a lot of little moments, things that happen. I could tell you a detail or two about it. Almost every game I've seen, I don't recall ever seeing anyone's first game maybe i have maybe i haven't that's how little i care about it mm. so i think you're probably right um because yeah like i've seen a, i've seen a player's like first game with a team and a last game with a team and those are cool moments kind of thing uh, obviously the the second thing you're always looking back on but yeah no i would say the first game i, I don't care Who cares mm. you know yeah okay uh my underrated yeah uh would uh this is hockey specific uh it would be seeing a shutout you know, you, oh, but you have seen one. I've seen a couple. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I've, it's. Yeah. I, I think it's underrated because if if it's sorry if it's happening against your team. Yeah, the only one I've fun. ever seen, I think, was uh, Craig Anderson shutting out ah. the Leafs in yeah. Ottawa. I didn't care for that. If, if it's happening against your team, that's that's one thing. But um, I, I I've I've seen an Ed Belfour shutout. I saw a James Reimer shutout. Nice. I, I may have seen a third one, but. Um, there is just such a sense of, like, I don't think it's as high as a, a no-hitter would be, but those are so rare that it, it's hard to put on this list. Like, you get down to that last five minutes of the game, and there's a there's a buzz. Like, everyone kind of knows what's coming. No one's going to say the word, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's a really cool feeling, but you, you see that type of statistic on the score sheet in the night, and because a shutout is relatively common, I think it gets overlooked as something that you'd want to see live. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's that, that's fair. Um. Hmm. 
Well, you know what I would I would say is uh, it's underrated in the sense that most people don't want them in the game anymore. Uh, but I have been to uh, see shootouts, and shootouts live mm. are quite fun. I must uh, must tell you. Now, uh, perhaps I am a little biased, and this is one of the reasons why I think I'm one of the few that actually likes the shootout. I don't want it in the game anymore, but I like the shootout. Is uh, I was at the Canada Russia game. Jordan Eberle, five point four seconds left. That game ended oh, in I've a shootout. Yeah, ended in a shootout. Yeah, famously, no one remembers that it ended in a shootout. Shootout was the best part of the game, actually, is what I would say. Like, that was fucking nuts. So, um... How'd that, go? How'd that one go? Because he ties it, they play overtime, <sighs> no one scores. Oh, Eberly shot a couple times, and I believe he got there. the winner, if I remember the, correctly. I, I remember he scored, but I couldn't remember if it was the winner, but yeah. the, the Russians had to shoot still. It went... Because it, it's an international shootout, so it went, like, five shooters. Yeah. But... Um, mm, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't. The goal didn't win it. I don't think. I think Tokarski made the save for the win. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, but regard like I've been to that, and I don't think I've seen an NHL shootout, but I've always wanted to. I I think I just I find it interesting. It's a horrible way to end a game in a way, but the the shootout itself is fun. You know. Yeah. Uh, I've seen one shootout. It was in Minnesota. Pierre Marc Bouchard did the spin around. I was sick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. They lost. But he used to do was, that. It was sick. Yeah. Remember when you used to be allowed to do that? Yeah. Him and Grabowski just made a fucking <sighs> killing out of that. Jesus. Yeah. They rightfully so had to stop doing that for yeah, sure. Yeah. No. Like... When I was a kid, I was like, oh, I would do that all the time. Like even before anyone had done it, I'm yeah. like, why does no one do that? Yeah. And then I saw it. I'm like, yeah, fucking it exactly. It's like, gonna go in. Yeah. Um, favorite. For me, would um, be seeing seeing a guy's first major league home run. Um, okay. There's just I, I think that's the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a home run off a major league pitcher, hmm. and especially if you're like a guy that maybe you're not known for your bat, and to, to, just to pull it off like that that first home run, like such a such an Everest climbing achievement yeah. in my mind. Favorite's tough, because, like, there are a lot of things that I haven't seen that I would like to see. And, um, like, rather than getting player-specific, like, I guess what I would say, I've always wanted to see a really good player put up a triple-double in a game, mm-hmm. at a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always, like, if I, if I went to see a game and, like, Kevin Durant, or, why well, fuck Kevin Durant, but, like, if I were watching, like, LeBron James, or, uh, who else do I like? Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Just go off for 45 points. Uh, yeah, like yeah. something like that. I like put, that like put it this way. If I were at that Kevin Durant game the other night, even I would have been like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what I mean? Like, that was fucked. Like, to be at that game would have been insane. Like, that. that's nuts. So, um, yeah, I think I've always wanted to see that. There's no question I would like to see a no-hitter. Like, that's an obvious one, too. Yeah. I've seen a Brian Tallett two-hitter. Okay. Uh, which was cool because uh, I even even that day I was a Blue Jays fan, right? But like, um, yeah, that was neat. But I've never seen a no hitter. Obviously, most people haven't. Uh, it's pretty so. rare, I right hear. <laughs> so, yeah, I would like to see that. Um, or a real a really good player put up a triple double. Like if it's like you know some bum just a lot of rebounds and I mean it's hard to put up a triple double. I guess like anyone would be fine, but a really good player would be neat. I gotta look it up now because I think I've maybe contradicted myself a little bit here. Okay. 
You ever been to an NBA game? No, I haven't. You haven't? No. They're it's awesome. On my list. They they would be the best of the four sports live, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Probably. It's it's very cool. And like the cool thing too is like there's just no breaks to an NBA game, right? Like it's just constant action. It only takes like two hours and ten minutes to get a game done. Like it's fucking great. Mm. Um Yeah, sorry, I was I was gonna say like I thought I was gonna contradict myself there, uh uh, I've seen a player hit their first home run of their career, but I uh, thought it also came in their first game, <laughs> which would have been, you know, obviously. Well, no, but like, because like, I would like to see a, a good player score their first NHL goal sure. again. Like, I don't, I maybe I have, I, I don't know, but um, that would be cool. And if they did it in their first game, then it makes the first game cool. But if they're just, you know. Yeah. 13 minutes and 48 seconds and they were minus 2 or like they were 0 for 4 at the plate with two strikeouts and then and then he gets sent down the next week and he never hear this guy again. What the fuck do I care, right? Exactly. So, yeah, that's like the I, whole thing. I, I like like I get why that's why like first game would be overrated for me is cuz like uh, a lot of guys play in these leagues. Few of them are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about first game unless it's like Vladdy Guerrero Jr.'s first game or something. You know what I mean? Highly touted kid gets called up. That's one thing, but you know. Yeah. We called up our eighth ranked prospect because all seven of our shortstops are hurt tonight. I don't give a shit. I saw uh, Kevin Biggio's first home run of his career. Okay. Uh, his first game was two nights prior. He went 0 for 3, like two strikeouts. That's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like, Go, I'm going to pay money to go see Kevin Bejo's first game. Well, probably not. He's probably not going to be great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a little, a little different in, I guess, depends on the sport. I, I'm i sure I saw, like, when I went to see the Red Sox and the Blue Jays a few summers ago when I went to visit uh, Jackie in Toronto, we saw Canada Day uh, and the day after Red Sox-Blue Jays. And both games were high scoring. Like, the the Blue Jays won the first game, like, 11-4. to And... The Red Sox, I don't know what it was when we left. It was like 13 to 1. Like, we, we left in the sixth inning because we had to catch a train. But, like... Ah, uh, the train. Like, the amount of home runs in the in that game and a half we saw, I'm sure I saw someone... Like, Ortiz, obviously, but I don't remember who else. Like, I think Edwin hit one, mm. which is cool. Like, not so much for me, but it was very cool for most people who were there. Yeah. And, uh... But what I'm saying is, is that I have a very poor recollection of who I've seen hit home runs because I've been to at least half a dozen major league games and I don't I don't really remember many of the you know I've only been to two Mark Teixeira almost hit me with a ball one time oh that was cool okay yeah it landed like two seats over yeah I've only I've only been to two uh that that second I just had it in front of me I could have could have kept it up that Biggio hit a home run there was a couple others I can't you've remember. only been to two eh? yeah yeah I guess yeah yeah, I guess when you go on trips, it's not often for sports. It's usually for like a concert or to see someone or something, you know. Yeah, you don't you don't or, often or go like, on big sports trips other than hockey. Other than hockey, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I, I drove down to Minneapolis to see the Blue Jays once, and I was in Toronto for a concert. There was a Jays game, and I went. So, hmm. um, but yeah, now now I gotta I gotta think about who uh, who hit. Oh, dang it! Because like the game I saw in Toronto, it was like ten one was the final and it was all just home runs uh there it is 10-1 let's see oh stroman was pitching didn't know that i got my game here but for some reason uh 
baseball reference doesn't list. Oh, no, there we go. We got home runs. I saw Edwin Encarnacion. I can't tell how many runs he scored. Uh, I saw Justin Smoke hit two. Nice. Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson. So the boys were on that day. <laughs> That's a myth. Uh, oh my god! And the Red Sox home run was Mookie Betts. So that like the stars showed up for that one. That that was all right. You know. That's unreal. Uh, and then the day after, the Red Sox won twelve to six, uh, but it was eight to four when we left. So I saw Ortiz and Hanley Ramirez. And uh, I missed both the Blue Jays' home runs, but it was Russell Martin and Danny Valencia hit home runs that day, too. So. Isn't that special? Home runs are cool. You know what would be another cool one, too, would be uh, to see someone hit for the cycle. Yeah, that you know, be neat. that'd be crazy. I don't even know if I, I don't even, like, unless the scoreboard told me, I don't know if I'd notice they, They'd probably, well, if it's the home team, they'll tell you. Yeah. If it's the away team, they might just be, oh, yeah, fucking, uh, yeah, that guy hit the cycle. Fuck him. You know? Mm. Um, the two games that I've seen, I saw two Justin Smoke home runs. Mm-hmm. I saw Kevin Vigio's first. And uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr. Uh, all had home runs in the game in Toronto. Okay. Uh, when I was in Minnesota, I had uh, Chris Colabello. Yeah. And uh, when I saw Danny Valencia, that's who I thought he was for a minute. Okay, like I mixed those two up. Uh, and I definitely thought the other one was uh, Jose Bautista, but it was uh, Josh Donaldson's 14th of the season during the uh, MVP year. So, okay, what year was this? The Twins have 2015, the year that they made. The oh, that's the year I saw Donaldson hit it. Oh, that's nice. the that's the year I saw those two games. So. No, no home runs for the Twins that night. And then it would be impossible for me to track every other game that I've been to, essentially, because I like I remember seeing the Yankees and Jays with my dad uh, uh, one weekend. But like every other game I've seen was like going to the states with like Chozik or Mackey or something like that. And it was always September, and it, there was never anyone good playing. It was Twins versus. Uh, White Sox one night, and the only player that we had heard of on either team, literally the only player, was Paul Canerco, and they took him out in like the fourth inning. It's fucked. Um, one thing I did not realize until this very moment, uh, Mark Burley pitched a complete game that night. Hmm. I could have swore there was like four pitchers that night, but... You know who was on the mound for the game the Jays won hmm. that I saw? Mark Burley. There you go. We saw Mark Burley in the same season. Beautiful. Go Blue Jays, I guess. Um, or least favorite. Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of goes against your wishes, but I, I don't, I, I don't. A career-ending injury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know how much you love those. Uh, no, like, I don't know, probably a hockey shutout, to be quite honest with you. Um, for me, like, I just, I like goals when I'm there, and like, I want it to be like, you know, if it's a low-scoring game, like, make it a 2-1 game or something. Make it exciting. The shutouts that I've seen, like, like I saw Craig Anderson shutout. The Leafs scored on him, and the goal was disallowed because Tyler Bozak's stick was above the crossbar. And i got to tell you, I was at ice level, and it wasn't. Um, it probably was. But I, I don't know. Like, there's just... That's but what that's, I want to see. That's against your team, right? Yeah, like, I guess, like, if I really had to give you an answer, is just, like, seeing my favorite team lose would be my least favorite. Thing. But yeah. if we're getting specific, a low-scoring hockey game, uh, I don't love. I've been to low-scoring baseball games, and they're arguably even worse. Uh, so, you know, there's that. Um, 
I don't know if there's really anything in basketball. Like, I guess a blowout would suck. And football, um, football's like baseball for me. I go and I socialize and I don't really watch the game. Because uh, I don't really like football that much. But, yeah. I would probably just have to, like, it's it's going to be a lame answer. But I, I would probably just have to go with any anything where the refs are the center of attention. Like, where they're yeah. actively making the game difficult for the players or hard to watch or hard to cheer for as a fan. I like I, I, I don't love that answer, but I, I think that's just the best one. Oh, that's fair. With. You have to be pretty close to home plate at a baseball game to really say that the ump's blowing the game, right? Like, you're basically sure. just going off sure. of whoever's around in that section, what their reaction is. Or like that. So that's always a tough one. That but. one, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the dude that had the no-hitter and they called him safe at first. Yeah, Galar- Galarraga. Galarraga, yeah. yeah. Like, that would be... Like, I'd be more pissed off, like, uh, that... The, that happened then well the team won i don't i don't care the team won like that was fucking uh, ridiculous mm-hmm. you know so like that would that the, a ref ruining a game for me would be the worst to see live yeah because you you spent money and it, uh, in certain instances like i said like it doesn't even matter if your team won mm-hmm. it, it could ruin the entire uh, experience for you yeah probably i mean like another uh, i mean a least favorite thing too if i'm getting really specific was the time that i had to spend like almost $100 more on tickets to see the Leafs one night because, oh, Sidney Crosby's in town, and Sidney Crosby was uh, minus three and had no points. and Didn't dress. It was, like, one of, like, four <laughs> games he never even... He didn't even have a shot on goal. Like, he was, like, horrible that night. And uh, the Leafs won, but it was like, oh, cool. Like, paid money to see Crosby, and he... It was, like, maybe one of the worst, most average games of his career kind of thing. Uh, Malkin had a good game. Like, he had, I think, the two Penguins goals that night, but... There you go. No, they only have one goal, but I think he scored it, so whatever. There, there you go. There was a lady around me uh, who loved Matt Niskanen, which at the time was really funny for me and my girlfriend at the time. It was like, she's like, why does this lady keep talking about Matt Niskanen? I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, he's also not very good. She just dies laughing. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, there's Niskanen every time. And I was just like, oh my god. Like, is, he from, you, is he from Toronto or something? I don't something? even like, know what, if he's Canadian, what, what to is, be quite honest with you. Oh, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> Is his, is his, like, grandmother sitting next to you at the game? No, or? it wasn't anything like that. Well, I, I, but even if it were, you'd probably call him Matt. You know, I'd be like, oh, there's Matt, you know. He's from Virginia, Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that these two uh, ladies were not uh, members of Matt Niskanen's oh, family. it's Matt Niskanen's birthday today. No. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for the Laced Up podcast this week. Okay. Uh, I'm James Cole. Um, you found me. You found me lying on the floor. Is there a date for the Kraken expansion draft yet? Probably. Because it's... <laughs> it's got to be like... It's got to be like the Thursday before the entry draft, right? Like isn't July it like the 21st. And when's the entry draft listed as? 22nd then? The or is it a completely different weekend? I, oh, I thought... They did a thing with Vegas that it was like the night before the actual draft, but uh, no set date yet? No, it's here. Uh, July 23rd, 24th. So it's two days before. Okay. Yeah. So we have a, we got to do that bonus episode. Yeah. I guess we'll do that after the playoffs. So that'll, that'll happen sometime early July, I yeah. imagine. Um, we have an episode next week, of course, as per, as per usual. Uh, like we said, the recording schedule is going to get interesting here, but, uh, Hey, tune in next week. We're going to do overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, or maybe top 10, 
uh, Canadian bands or, to our do our personal lists. Ooh, all right. That, yeah, I've been teasing that for I weeks. We did that we have one to do it. No, no, we've oh. we've been meaning to do it. We've been talking about doing it for like a month and a half, but I said let's do it the week of Canada Day. So. Are we uh, are we just gonna leave the hip off then, or? Hmm. Well, we'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. We're going to do something something about Canadian bands anyway. Uh, I'm Brutes Pataglia. You can find me uh, uh Twitter at Brutes Pataglia. You can find me uh, High Button. I, I write things on the High Button sometimes. I think I still technically work there. And I uh, Golf Course, I guess, is usually the other place I am. So you can find me there, hmm. usually. Try not to talk while I'm shooting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. See ya. Bye-bye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone! attention that you're no longer interested in the time that i've invested or the things that i say and i don't know your intentions but lately i feel the tension and i thought that i would mention that i will be okay just let me down i'll be okay just let me Just let me down now